If you're receiving this transmission, this is Black Spire Broadcast. Hey, hey, what is up, everybody? It is David from Black Spire Broadcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We greatly appreciate it. I know there are plenty of places in this galaxy that you'd probably rather be spending your time. No, just kidding. You know you love us. That's why we keep doing this. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Leave a review wherever you're listening. It seriously helps and motivates us and keeps us going and keeps this intergalactic train moving on through those hyperspace routes. Today's video is going to be a little different. It's going to be a little more different. Um, If you're listening in the podcast format, of course, you're going to get a wonderful narration of what's to follow. But um, if you're following us through the webcams, through the virtual virtual pictures, I guess, as you want to call it, um, we're going to rank the Star Wars films, all the feature films from the best to the worst. So all 11 films, right? The Skywalker Saga, Rogue One, and Solo. That's what, 9, 10, 11 films. We're going to rank them from first to worst, of course. This is controversial. I understand that. And, and many times have you heard my opinion in in other broadcasts, um, various interviews with various actors, um, screen makers, who name it, you name it. We've, we've had this conversation and I generally ask other people um, what their favorite film is, but we don't ever talk about the worst. Um, and we rarely talk about mine. So today it's going to be all about that. We're going to use um, a, tier, a tier maker, to rank them from first to worst. Um, like I said, controversial. Um, and I'm going to not just do it at random, like you see a lot of other people do it. They just pop this thing on up here like I'm about to do, and they just start ranking them. Now, I took probably an hour to an hour and a half of time. I went through and thought about very thoroughly each and every film, and I've obviously I've seen them all plenty of times, so I don't need to rewatch them all, and I know most details of all of them and we've got this list all set up it doesn't come all customized and cool like this so i had to make it this way but um i think they start with just like four categories but we've bumped this one up to 11. so we have our first the best a really close second not far off third and then four through ten and then last worst which um, is obviously the last worst pretty self-explanatory and we have all 11 films so like i said I took quite a bit of time to set this feller up and I put a lot of thought into how I wanted to do this um, because I know this is my opinion getting getting put out there to everybody to let you know, hey, these are this is what I think. So without further ado, let's do it. I have my notes. I'm following along. Like I said, I spent about an hour and a half doing this. So um, let's get into it. But number one. I know, we already have some controversy. The top spot's hard. Let's say the top spot was hard. It was between three films for me. And after many bullet points and many um, thoughts on the emotional journeys that these films took me on um, in adulthood and childhood, I had to give it to a, um, episode three, Revenge of the Sith. I think personally that it is the best film uh, of them all. It stands as the one that sent me on the largest emotional roller coaster. 
The main reason that it sits at number one is it was a theatrical experience that I recall in my life. And the downfall of Anakin was just something that I will never forget in my life. The emotional roller coaster that what well, was and is Anakin. Um, I mean, I recall the scene of, of him at the temple and Padme at her home or her apartment and the camera switching between the two of them and, and he's crying and she's crying knowing what he's about to do. The impending decision is going to set off a chain reaction that that can't be undone. And um, it, it, should, it is one of the uh, critical moments of Star Wars, if you ask me. But Anakin was fantastic. A lot of people rag on Hayden Christensen's performance in episode two and three, but what we're discussing three specifically right now, and I think it was fantastic. Are there moments of dialogue that could be done better? Yeah, of course. But you could say that for any any film, especially Star Wars. We, we'll get into that later with other films, but um, Anakin was a fantastic point. Um, Darth Sidious, Emperor Palpatine, Ian McDermott. He absolutely knocked it out of the park. His performance is so memorable that I'm willing to wait in line for hours to meet him when he comes here to Orlando soon. Uh, I can't get enough of that guy on screen. He crushed it in every, every chance he had to be the Emperor. He did such a good job. But specifically in this, we have to flesh that character out a little bit and learn just a bit more about his past with Darth Plagueis and then the legendary speech that we all know. Um, so Ian McDermott, uh, ge- genius work. Obviously, Obi-Wan, uh, Ewan, Ewan McGregor crushed it. I love seeing Obi-Wan and just his, his witty prowess that we see. Um, and the final words to Anakin before Anakin's fall is, you know, the, the line that kind of follows down through the the generations of Star Wars that you are a far, you'll grow to be a far greater Jedi than I am. That you're a wiser man than I am, right? As we see in Tales of the Jedi, Dooku tells young Qui Gon that. Young Qui Gon goes on to become older Master Qui Gon, who tells young Obi Wan that in the Phantom Menace, and then Obi Wan passes those same words down to Anakin in Episode Three, right before his venture to to Utapau to deal with Grievous. So uh, very memorable. Something that stuck with me gives me chills seeing it now. Just that very. Um, Paternal lineage. I love that. Um, and just the overall plot, as we we all know that Anakin becomes Vader, we just aren't sure how. And we see this thing unfold, and we see this character that at least I grew to love and wanted to cheer for and wanted him to do good, but you know, you know that he is Vader, and you just don't know how he got there. And every step of the way, you don't want him to feel that rage in that moment, or that jealousy, or that anger, and but he does the entire time. He's a conflicted person. And unfortunately we see the downfall and are there moments of dialogue again, like the, the Vader no at the end of this film, when he finds out you killed Padme or Padme died as a result of a broken heart, whatever you want to call it. That was cheesy too. Obviously I'm aware of that, but that's a pretty irrelevant point. But of course that no drives me nuts to this day. It drives my wife nuts too, but it's no different than if you want to compare to Empire Strikes Back with Luke's no, you know, that's why it's there, you know, as well as Return of the Jedi um, as Vader's other no with the Emperor, you know, at the end. So there's a lot of parallels there and they kept it pretty accurate, but that rounds out the top spot. It was the best. It was close, though. I'm not going to say it's not far and away my favorite, but it is my favorite. Um, I grew up with the prequels, so there is a. I love there. The, those are those, those Star Wars that I saw in the theaters. So that is number one, was Revenge of the Sith. Our number two, our number two, drum roll, please. I know, 
now it's tough. This is another tough one. Um, but it has to go to Return of the Jedi. The Emperor has been Return of the Jedi is my second favorite Star Wars film of all time. I know, Father. This was really close between our number three pick that we'll discuss later, but um, Return of the Jedi was the first one I ever saw was the um, VHS special editions in the late 90s. I believe this came out in 97. Um, same year that Phantom Menace began filming. So I absolutely fell in love with this. Again, Emperor Palpatine. My gosh, is Ian McDermott the actor, especially as a villain? Just seeing the Emperor and obviously in the entire OT, you're waiting to see this, this figure in person, this master, this puppet master, uh, so to speak. And then you finally see him and he gets right at the beginning too, as he lands on the Star Destroyer or uh, the Death Star. I'm sorry. You see him and you're like, oh man, this guy's something. And then you really start to see his true nature come out when Luke gives himself up and they start having their dialogue towards the end of the film. Just fantastic acting. Um, absolutely love Ian McDermott. But Luke and Luke's progression, his changes from Empire Strikes Back to Jedi, I absolutely love those. And seeing that heroism where he's willing to do anything for his friends, especially at the beginning of the film, I absolutely love seeing it. And that is a trait that Luke has throughout the OT, but I really loved seeing it, especially at Jabba's Palace. The design of Jabba's Palace was beautiful, wonderfully executed. Some of my favorite people worked and created that in, in, in John Berg, Dennis Mirren, and, and Phil Tippett. Um, I have their autographs right above my head because they mean that much to me. But the design of the Rancor, hands down my favorite Star Wars beast. Um, it is a legend. I also have a Rancor right above my head. Um, it's just the, a film that I'll never forget. And I remember watching all three of the OTs pretty pretty often whenever I wanted on the VHS uh, special editions. But, man, Jedi was just my favorite. Seeing Luke's green lightsaber, he made a lightsaber. He is now a Jedi. He's wearing, he's clad in all black. And at the time, I thought his robe was black. But then I realized it was a, it was a brown. It's just some camera work. But um, absolutely absolutely love Return of the Jedi. And our third film, again, tough, tough. It was hard to put this where I'm putting it, but um, I have to, and that is Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back is first on many lists, and if you ask me on the podcast, which many people have, um, what my favorite movie is, the first one that rolls off the tongue with no thought required is Empire Strikes Back. And um, again, I said I spent about an hour and a half devising this, this list coming up with my bullet points, um, which is not normal for these videos. Many of these people, it's just jerk reaction. Here's what I think. And I really wanted to put some thought into this. But Empire Strikes Back is not very far off of second place. I mean, it's a toss-up. It's just, I don't know. I had to put Jedi above Empire, but Empire is uh, an amazing film. It, it is easily number one on many, many lists, just unfortunately not mine. But... Um, Man, the, the way that this film was done, it's just so good. I love Hoth. As far as, let me say this, as far as complete story from beginning to end um, with storytelling and, and cinematography, it is probably the best. However, that's only a factor that's taken in. But Hoth, the design of Hoth is fantastic. An ice planet. We travel to a new world that isn't Tatooine, and we love seeing it, right? They did such a good job with creature creation in the Tauntauns, um, the Wampa, just the shield generator, the base, the adats, the, the first time you see the, the chicken walkers. I mean, I absolutely loved Empire and the lore of Star Wars. The the mythology is, is really starts to come in in this film uh, when you meet Yoda on Dagobah, on Dagobah and you start to really see the work that went into 
by Frank Oz and, and, and his puppet uh, that is Yoda. And it, and it, it's dated now, obviously. I think that anybody that's willing to have that conversation can, can, can sit down and say, yeah, obviously technology's advanced since then. But of course that this was, this was the gold standard of the time and it holds a special place in all of our hearts. And that's, that's why it's so high on this list. Um, and it is for many, the quintessential star Wars film, of course. Again, the Luke progression is absolutely beautiful. Um, I love seeing him go from, you know, farm boy, teenager, uh, that kind of has an attitude at the beginning of, of New Hope, right? A little bit, you know, doesn't want to do what Uncle Owen wants him to do, and, but he does it ultimately. And you see maturity here. You see that he's starting to learn some things, and, and, and but still he's not that mature, right? He rushes off to fight Vader, unfortunately, and you know what happens. But um, I love seeing his progression in, in, from the second film of that trilogy. And um, I didn't mention Boba Fett in Jedi because I'll mention him here. But um, Boba Fett, fantastic character. I love the design. Mandalorian armor clearly is some of my favorite. I've made my own. But um, that inspiration started there in The Empire Strikes Back where you first meet him. Um, and you and you see more of him, obviously, in Jedi. His death is kind of embarrassing in Jedi. And that, that alone almost knocked Jedi to three instead of two. But... Um, Empire is just such a good film. Um, and the grand reveal that Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, is Luke's father at the end of the film. That is one of, if not the greatest, single moments in movie history. Um, and again, let alone that alone puts this at one on many lists. It's just such a plot twist that I don't think people were expecting, you know, back in 1980. And it, it still rings true. I mean, it, it's everybody knows that. And they always get the quote wrong, of course, but everybody knows that scene. So it, it obviously stood the test of time. All right. So we are going to head to number four, number four. All right. This is getting tougher, getting tougher. But, um, I don't know. I, I'm curious what people think of where I'm throwing this, but, um, Rogue One, Rogue One is going to number four. I think it is a great movie. Um, I think many people know it's a great movie. It just, it was the first of its kind, you know, it wasn't a, it's a feature film, of course, but it wasn't an episode number as we're used to, right? That you have one through six, um, seven, and then you get Rogue One a year later and it's its own thing. It's a Star Wars story and it was a whole new concept, but wow, it's amazing. It's so well done. I love that it's set in the Imperial area. It's a little darker. I love seeing various characters. The introduction of Saw Gerrera, who's one of my personal favorites in the Star Wars universe. Uh, just such a great character. The rebel aspect is awesome with seeing this foundation of this rebellion um, that predates, um, you know, A New Hope. Obviously, that movie leads right into A New Hope, but it is a fantastic film. The score is absolutely amazing. I love the music. I'm, I can picture it in my head. Director Krennic, love him, love him. Seeing Vader. Um, the greatest Vader scene in all of Star Wars happens in this film at the end. Um, you all know what I'm talking about. Uh, just Jin, Cassie, and K2, they created so many cool characters. This concept of found family, and they don't even get along at first. They end up getting along, and then they all die together. What? I remember the first time I saw that film, they all died together at the very end. And that, I mean, it's a gut punch. I feel it right now. It's a gut punch that, that they, they killed them all off. But it, was, it showed the magnitude of the Battle Scarf and getting those plans off the planet and, and into the Rebellion's hands and setting up a new hope. But it you two, they, it was just so wonderfully done. 
to show you the scale of what Scarif meant, they all died. They, that doesn't happen in films very often, that all your protagonists die. Um, so it's crazy, and I, I can't wait to see in season two of Andor um, how we roll right into uh, Rogue One, you know, but a uh, fantastic film. I I almost wanted to rate this higher. It even for a little bit in my mind was number two, but it's so hard to sit there and all these all these films are heavy hitters in my heart. Every single one of them is. Um, I I just have loved the Star Wars for so long. Obviously, I run a podcast dedicated to it, so it is hard to rank these. But um, again, Solo. I'm sorry, not Solo, but Rogue One. Rogue One is a fantastic film. Um, so our number five spot. This one's going to create some controversy, and I love it. But we have the Phantom Menace Remember, episode one. Concentrate yes. on the moment. Phantom Menace is ranked fifth Feel on my list. Don't think. Um, here's Use your instincts. One of this is the very first memory I have in my life. Uh, one, one of one of the very first, at least, um, but especially in film. Uh, this is the first movie I ever saw in person at a, a Tinsel Town in Colorado. And I remember, I don't know if they still do this, with the old style letters that are hand put up on the boards. It said Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. And I saw this in theaters, and my mind was blown. Um, never the same again. I, I, this is a tipping point and a changing point in my life. Um, I don't know if many people can say that with Star Wars, and it, I'd love to talk to you about it if you have. Um, where where did you fall in love with Star Wars, truly? And this is it for me. I, I'd seen the OT obviously. And I loved it. And I knew it. I'm wearing an empire shirt right now. You know, I, I absolutely love them all, but this one started it. I was just old enough. I was six years old to appreciate what was going on. And then you introduce, um, arguably my favorite villain of all time in Darth Maul. Um, he doesn't get fleshed out too much in this movie, obviously, but I, I didn't care. You put this guy on screen, the Zabrak, this, um, the Zabrak, I'm sorry. We didn't know any of that stuff back then, but this guy that just looks like the devil with a double-bladed lightsaber, like most mind-blowing moment in Star Wars history, double-bladed lightsaber. They can do that? They can have doubles? What? That was just wild. You know, Darth Maul is, I mean, I've met Sam Witwer. I've had his autograph. I have not met Ray Park yet, but I have a Darth Maul shrine, you know, to my left. I absolutely love Darth Maul. Um, one of the coolest characters. Um, and as I got a little bit older, um, I fell in love with Qui-Gon Jinn. I saw the wisdom and the genius behind Liam Neeson's character. George killed it with the creation of Qui-Gon, and then they fleshed him out even further in, in the Clone Wars and, and Tales of the Jedi, and obviously those are not applicable to this ranking. But um, nevertheless, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, just, he is so important, and, and if you haven't taken the time to learn more about him, he's very critical to Star Wars and, and how things work, and he was a genius at the wrong time. He really was, and such a cool character. And, and seeing Padawan Obi-Wan Kenobi, I love seeing the full arc of Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, you see the beginning, middle, and end of his life, and just one heck of a character. Absolutely love him. Um, I love that many, many Jedi share the same traits, just being young and abrasive at, uh, early on as, as Padawans. You know, there's a lot of Obi-Wan in Anakin. You know, probably not as drastic as Anakin, but a lot of that just young, I'm ready, let's do this. And I'm, I'll make mistakes along the way attitude. And, and, and obviously Obi-Wan had that as well. Um, but the, the first big screen experience, that's something I'll never forget, is seeing the Phantom Menace in theaters um, in 1999. That, that was just so cool. And then the final aspect of this film it's a two-parter is the duel the duel we all know it the duel of the fates right williams's score set behind 
feed Naboo in the reactor room with Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Maul with the duel of Star Wars. I mean, I know, number one on my list was obviously Revenge of the Sith, and the duels in that movie are amazing, but I will put Anakin and Obi-Wan's a close second to the duel with Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Maul, and specifically the, the ending of right when Qui-Gon dies. Or I guess he hasn't died yet. He's been, he got shanked, though. <laughs> he isn't dead yet. But um, Obi when Obi-Wan comes out um, of the um, ray shield, I guess I guess it's Ray Shield. He comes out behind that Ray Shield, and um, boom, it kicks off, and he's battling Maul in that sequence, uh, all the way until he um, gets force pushed uh, down near to his death. That is one of the most emotional, wild scenes ever. I mean, you've all, you've all seen the videos where they've, you know, taken that and said like, you know, the the Naboo guards or the Theed Palace guards looking at the footage and it shows Joe Rogan from the UFC and he's just, his mind is blown right of, uh, of that duel. And that's, that's accurate. That's how I still feel every time I watch it. I, I will watch just that part of that movie because it's so good. And, and Ray Park's performance, I think Ray Park elevated all those characters as duelists for all of us fans by just bringing him in. So absolutely wonderful. Um, I can't praise that movie enough and people knock this movie way too hard in my opinion. Um, Look, it's not Ahmed Best's fault that Jar Jar was annoying. Can he be annoying? Absolutely, but he he did his he, he fit his role fine. I think he could have been dialed back. They could have done a little less Jar Jar. Um, you know, he's pretty silly. And but it, again, it's George's baby. George created these characters, so I can't really knock it. But on to our sixth spot. Our sixth spot is going to be. A new hope. I'm Skywalker. I'm here to hope. rescue you. And many people are probably raging right now because this isn't higher on my list, and that's fine. Um, this is Star Wars, right? This is the one. It's even right there. It's called Star Wars. It's the original. Um, should it be higher? It probably should. Um, and I can acknowledge that. I understand I may be wrong, but guess what? I'm not wrong because it's my list. <laughs> but A New Hope is the original. It's the OG Star Wars. Um, you're introduced to all these very famous legacy characters that we all love. And it's just a beautiful thing, right? It's a beautiful thing. The filmmaking, the filmmaking advancements are shown here so well. This is the first time in history that a movie of this magnitude has ever been made. You meet people like Han Solo and Luke and Obi-Wan and Leia. And I mean, the list goes on. The people you met that I fell in love with as a child. I have so many memories of watching this. Again, the special editions on VHS. I, Pretty sure they didn't work anymore. We watched it so often, but I absolutely love this film. I, I'm sorry. It's sixth on my list, um, but it is. Unfortunately, it falls to sixth. It's hard to do a list of this nature and do it well. That's the thing. If, if you're just going to do one of these types of rankings and just throw them up there randomly, I'm probably going to regret things, but I took a lot of time to build this, and yeah, it, it, it did fall to number six for me. Um, I love the story. I think a lot of the visuals have, have fallen um, out of date, unfortunately. Just like, I don't know, I'll use the Phantom Menace as an example. After rewatching it, a lot of the CGI-generated effects, though for the time, were the greatest thing since sliced bread. They're dated. Um, as is this, this is obviously well-dated, and many people will call that blasphemy, but it's unfortunately true. Um, it, it is past its time, but I love it. I absolutely love the movie. I love the film. I love everything about it. It is the dawn of Star Wars, and it probably belongs higher. So I expect flack there, but that's okay. That's okay. 
on to number seven. Um, number seven. So this gets interesting now. What are we left with? What are we left with? We're going solo a Star Wars story. And again, for me, this could be higher. For many people, this might be the worst. Well, <laughs> highly doubtful, but it might be the worst on some lists. But Solo, a Star Wars story, that's such a fun movie. I don't think it got the credit it deserves. I think it was just a bad release time. But Alden Einrich as young Han, I fell in love with him. I invested in the Hot Toys version of him because it is that cool. Um, what a fun movie. What a fun movie. If you just are in a bad mood and you need some nostalgia in your life, just a feel-good movie, this movie will give it to you. Um, the introduction of Crimson Dawn. I love what they did with Crimson Dawn. I'm sad to see there isn't more Crimson Dawn now. I think it's strange that we just don't have that, and I feel like we need it. Um, Maul, again, one of my favorite characters ever. He's You find out he's running Crimson Dawn, and they brought back Ray Park, and they have Sam Witwer. I mean, amazing, amazing. Um, getting your backstory for both Han and Chewie, I love that. Even though, I know, asterisk, caveat, it already exists in Legends. I know they changed it. It's a little lame that they went and route and said, What's your, what's your, who's your people? Uh, solo. No people. I don't got no people. Okay, cool. Solo. Whatever. But you know what? It, it's a joke now for me. And But I love this film. It is it is such a fun movie. I love it. And it is just a feel-good film. I think that's the best way to put this is it's a feel-good film. You want some nostalgia? This is the way to go. All right. So moving on down the list, we have Attack of the Clones at 8th. Um it is the, in my opinion, the worst of the prequels, but I still love the film. I'll never forget Jango Fett. Jango Fett is one of the coolest characters in Star Wars. Um, just the Jango and Kamino with Obi-Wan. I love all that learning the story with Sifo-Dyas and Dooku and the introduction of Dooku. They killed it. Uh, Christopher Lee as Dooku is some of the finest acting there's ever been. There couldn't have been a better choice for an, uh, an antagonist and a Sith. I think he's a fantastic choice. Um, the Battle of Geonosis. Oh my gosh, the scale that they made that at and the Jedi you see, there's nothing cooler than a whole bunch of Jedi in battle. I mean, we've all wanted that our whole life, right? And you got to see it. And it's the first completely computer-generated movie in history that is either good or bad, depends on how you want to look at. But it is a feature, a feat nonetheless. You know, you can't really complain about that. Um, the death of Django really setting Boba's path in stone or so we thought, till the Book of Boba Fett happened, and things obviously drastically changed. But um, you see progression with Anakin. You see progression with Obi-Wan. Um, really with Anakin, though, you start to see that the flare of the dark side starting to show up in him, and you start to see that tragedy kind of unfolding in real time. But um, the duel, the duel at the end, the, the duels Yoda. Yoda pulls out a lightsaber and duels his former Padawan. Yes, we find out Yoda had a Padawan, which I guess we all kind of... Would have assumed, and we all kind of knew. I, that's where the OT gets strange, where you know they make you think that Obi Wan is Yoda's Padawan, even though it's not true. Um, so that one gets a freebie, unfortunately. But um, and I and I know Yoda trained many, 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 many people, and was involved in all Jedi training, uh, as as we are well aware. But the duels you see, Anakin dual wield. Um, you see him get his arm chopped off, and you also see that Dooku is not to be uh, trifled with. He's quite the duelist, very powerful. He can, at a, at a minimum, match Yoda. I guess that's a we'll say that loosely. I think Yoda ultimately wins that. That's subjective, but um, fantastic. And then you see the Death Star for the first time. So that's a very important 
Um, fun film. I saw that in theaters. I vividly recall it in 02. Um, the introduction of the clones. And I remember being a kid seeing, seeing these clones and saying, oh, look at these. these. This is the beginning of the Stormtroopers. How cool, you know, and just drawing those connections. Uh, but the visuals are beautiful. It's it's a wonderful, fun movie. And I fell in love with Plo Koon, Kit Fisto, Kit Fisto, Mace Windu, all of them. You know, it's just so cool. Um, but moving on, we have The Force Awakens, the best of the sequel trilogy. And if you know me and we talk, I bash the sequel trilogy quite frequently. So you probably assumed they'd hold these last few spots. But I will give it some praise. And I will say that it was a fun entry into Star Wars. It was a really good way to bring us back to the saga that we hadn't seen in 10 years at that point. This came out in 2015 and uh, Revenge of the Sith came out in 05. So it's been 10 years at that point. And I can frame myself back there and say like, we didn't have Star Wars really. I mean, not feature films at least much like now. And um, they did a good job. I mean, honestly, I had no problem with the characters in the first film in the force awakens is what they did with them later. That made me dislike pretty much all of them. Uh, you know, it was fun. Ray had a cool beginning. All, all really, everybody and Kylo looked so cool. Kylo, I mean, they're all of them. Kylo looked cool again. Just they didn't give us any exposition on these characters in a way that was meaningful to the story. It just was a bunch of dead ends that they never tied up, and they released a bunch of books, and blah. That's what you got with it. But um, the visuals were stunning. I mean, you cannot deny that. It, it was beautiful. It was so well done at, at the time. It was the most visually appealing film because the technology had gotten to a point where you could tell a very convincing sci-fi film, right? Or store for sci-fi story. And yes, you can rebuttal and say they all were there at their time. Of course, each one was at a point in its time where they were capable. They thought of making a quality science fiction film and the technology is just much better now. That's all it is. But, um, that is ninth, 10th. I'm going to go with the rise of Skywalker. Um, this one wasn't really a hard ranking. You could probably guess who was in dead last. That is the last Jedi. And it is clearly marked last words for a reason. But um, in 10th is the rise of Skywalker. Um, you know, I like getting a little bit of origin. Uh, or, I'm sorry. The intro of Kylo Ren, the first couple of scenes where he goes to Exegol and meets the emperor it was cool at first that palps was back right and like okay what's going on here this is cool but they didn't tell us anything they didn't give us a story he just is back and we're not sure how but he's he's a clone that's a clone of him we think it's a clone but it's him and he's back and yeah and snoke meant nothing he was literally useless um just kind of silly um i give uh, the one prop uh revan i guess is canon because of this film where he's mentioned at the end where there's a Star Destroyer named after him or something like that in the final order, um, Palps' final order there. Uh, again, I don't know if if you like that. That's cool. I hope that means the Old Republic will get made one day, but we'll see. But um, that's 10th. And last, but absolutely least, <laughs> is The Last Jedi. Um, the positives, uh, you know, I think that the the dual sequences were, were good. I think they were fun. Um I don't know how, right, let me back up. I don't know how in the Rise of Skywalker they threw the force moved a, a lightsaber, but that's fascinating how they did that. Like they, tele, like, <laughs> like they teleported a lightsaber across the room. I have no idea how that happened. Maybe they'll do that again in the future. No idea. But um, anyways, same thing. In The Last Jedi, you, you start really seeing these 
this ability to talk through the force. You've seen that in the past with various characters, but they were um, directly related, right? You saw uh, uh, like um, Vader and Luke at the end of Empire, the father-son, both alive at the time. That's the key detail here because everybody seems to talk to force ghosts and that seems to reciprocate. But um, a lot people that are still alive talking through the force, you only see Leia and Luke and it's minimal unless you're in heir to the empire or the, or the legends novels but um you see luke and vader and luke and leia but they're not having a conversation quite like you see kylo and ray having they literally force manifest at each other's places and have duels like i feel like anything went at story group with the with the sequel trilogy they just did whatever and never bothered to explain it and that is my biggest gripe with that trilogy is it's fine. If the, the direction they went in is the direction they wanted to go, they just didn't tie up any of the ends very well. And they just, they didn't explain much. It just was so haphazardly done. Looks beautiful, all of it, but it's just so haphazardly done. That's unfortunate. And um, many people rebuttal and say, well, the prequels could be said the same way. And I, and I disagree. They, those told the story very well. There's no problem there. It led right where it needed to literally read, led into a new hope. Um, and those are George's films. This star Wars is a product, the brain product of George Lucas and George Lucas made the original six. Everything after that wasn't him. I love the original six. I love them all. And then that's where instant knock against these is they were never going to be George's projects. They were never going to be the guy behind star Wars. And they, automatically had a bad taste to some extent at least which is not fair of course it's not fair but good luck good luck topping star wars that was made by george lucas all of us fans love george lucas you know and there's much divide with the sequel trilogy for good reason because they just are not as good as what was brought before them do they look better than um other films of course they do i mean they probably look better than most of the others but that's where we are. You know, I think, I think I'm excited for the future. I think that this, these next three films that are coming up have some potential. It just really depends on what Disney chooses to do, who they get to direct. Obviously we have Filoni. That could be fun. Um, I didn't talk about the clone wars or rebels or any, anything on cartoon network or any of the Disney plus series, because I'm gonna do that separately. That'll be its own ranking. That would have taken me way too long to do. Um, I already put tons of thought into this and, I'd like to know what you think. I know many people are going to disagree. That's what's fun about these is we can open a two-way dialogue and have a conversation about um, Star Wars, right? Everybody loves talking about Star Wars. At least if you're talking to me, you probably love Star Wars. And this is kind of how I feel about these. And and look, I think one through six could have been shuffled. I could, If I did this again, I might feel differently, but definitely not 9, 10, and 11. The sequel trilogy, hands down, was my bottom. And... There's really no two ways about it. So I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you tune in for the future. I hope to gain your follow. If you're not already following us, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. I already stated all this, but please, seriously, if anything you do, wherever you hear us, please leave a review. That seriously helps us. It grows our, our popularity. It grows us on the charts. We seriously appreciate that more than anything. But that's all I have, my friends. As always, may the force be with you. Always. <laughs> If you're receiving this transmission, this is Black Spire Broadcast.
Rings listener, just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>